The rapid development of software for legal services could reduce legal costs and promote better access to justice. However, it could also worsen the digital divide and solidify existing biases in the legal system, according to Dr. Roman Kennedy. Hello and welcome to Unlock Your Potential, micro-credentials at the University of Galway. My name is Janice Mulvaney Glennon and I am the lead for micro-credentials here in Galway. And over the next few weeks and months, I will be taking you on a journey of discovery in this podcast through the micro-credentials on offer in Galway. Welcome to our podcast on Lawyering Technology and Innovation Micro-Credential. I'd like to welcome Dr. Abigail Rikas, who's going to tell us about this module. So, Abigail, you're here to talk to us today. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Dr. Abigail Rikas. I'm an American attorney. My particular area of interest is copyright law and technology. And recently, this means that all I think about is artificial intelligence. I'm also interested in access to justice and technology, which, once again, all I think about recently is artificial intelligence. But my area of research also brings into focus changes to the legal profession and thoughts about how we teach law and how we practice law and how the rest of the world interacts with the legal industry. Uh, lastly, I'm also interested in video game law, particularly the preservation and archiving of video games. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that part. That's yeah. fantastic and very topical at the moment. It is my pet project. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can look at a micro-credential about that at I some point in the future. I would not be opposed. <laughs> so just to sort of put this in context, lawyers are by nature or by nurture or some combination of both sort of risk-adverse people. And we have been slow adopters of the tools that technological advancements have provided to us. However, COVID-19 brought technological engagement to the forefront of legal practice as much of the day-to-day -day of legal practice moved online. So while lawyers over the years have adopted some legal tech tools, like, you know, word processing and the like, but also legal research tools that are online, Westlaw, LexisNexis, etc. There is more that could be adopted, more that is going to be adopted. There are great opportunities for entrepreneurship in the legal industry. So we were hoping to push lawyers towards being more proactive and creative in considering their overall practice the day-to-day -day functioning of their offices, but also with an eye to the long-term goals of their practice and where they would like to position themselves in the market. We want them to consider how technology could be used to improve work product, to make processes more efficient, to decrease mistakes, and to provide better services to their clients, as well as considering carefully the risks that come along with these technological advancements. So this area has been growing and profitably. So I'm not sure why these statistics were listed in US dollars as opposed to euros, but I looked up the most recent data on legal tech and I found some pretty big numbers. 
In 2021, the legal tech market in Europe generated revenues of 6.97 billion, with a B, US dollars, with this projected to be growing by about 10.9% for the period from 2021 to 2027. And so we are looking at a total global legal market of 29.8 billion, growing to 69.7. So this is a field that is growing. This is an opportunity for people to be placing themselves in positions to be on the cutting edge. So lawyering technology and innovation is one of the micro-credentials that I teach, and it involves a sort of practical engagement with technological tools. Um, We start by introducing design thinking, which is a human-centered approach to innovation. So design thinking asks you to look at the person behind the problem, the person behind the solution. It requires asking questions like, who will be using this product? Where do they find frustration? Where is the pain point? How will my solution address that pain point? And is it better than what they already have? So students in this course will be using design thinking to address a legal issue. And the legal issue for our first cohort is one that is significant and timely, We're going to be looking at housing, and this issue is going to be introduced by Professor Port Kenna, who's the director of the Housing Law Rights and Policy Center here at the University of Galway. He's going to be giving an orientation on some of the problems and some of the solutions, or, well, processes that are meant to lead to solutions. Um. Over the course of this module, students will build a profile of who the person is who is impacted by the problem that they've identified. They're going to be thinking about where that persona's pain point is, that is where they want to be able to effectuate a change. So building this profile of this person who experiences challenges relating to housing, having thought through the person the process that they are being forced to use and the problem itself, they're going to build an intervention using a low-code app building interface. Wow, sounds really interesting. Yeah, and it's actually not as intimidating as it sounds. It's (laughs) quite a use. This is why I say low-code. It's very user-friendly. It's designed to be used by people who are not coders. Although it does involve learning to think like an engineer, learning to think like a software developer. So we're going to be introducing the concept of decision tables and trees to basically guide the user through a series of choices to get to a solution. So over the course of the semester, students will be introduced to experts from outside the discipline of law because We need people to explain how to use the low-code interface. We need people to explain how to build a decision tree. So it's not just me. It's also experts in the field. And at the end of this micro-credential, students should know about design thinking and how it could be applied in legal practice. 
They should also have a basic understanding of app development for law. And they will have actually conducted some critical reflection on the future of legal work, all while actually doing this job, this development job. And it sounds like fun as well as everything else. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And it's a real step outside what lawyers normally do. Yeah. Um, And I I myself have found it to be a real eye-opener in how I approach legal problems. Um, The design thinking process is Mm -hmm. really one that takes you outside of lawyers like to go right for the problem. We race for the problem and sometimes we forget the people. The process as well, yeah. yeah. And uh, what I love about this micro-credential is its interdisciplinary uh, aspects where you're bringing in other uh, experts to join with the learning experience, which I think will be really valuable for learners. So just in relation to that micro-credential, who do you think might be interested in doing this course, do you think? Honestly, um, I think anyone who is interested in working in the future of law Mm-hmm. Um, there's this emerging field of legal technologist. Um, and there are these places where technology and law have intersected. And I know for a fact that any number of large companies are recruiting people into these jobs. Mm-hmm. So I think of this micro-credential as a way to begin to future-proof your career, mm-hmm. to enter an emerging field. And also it's, as you said, fun. So, you know, it is something that is outside the norm of doctrinal law. You're going to be exposed to different ways of thinking. So basically, anyone could do this course, and I think they would get something good out of it, but particularly people who want to work in the future of the legal industry. Great. And I know, uh, Abigail, that you have um, made some inquiries about using these modules as uh, CPD as well with the Law Society, which is wonderful uh, news to hear that they, we can actually use them for that purpose. Yes. Yeah. That's really good. I've thought about this in terms of, you know, how can we get practitioners yeah. to engage with learning these skills? And CPD seemed the most reasonable way yeah. to do that. A hundred percent. Yeah. So thanks very much for that. And what are the entry requirements or are there any specific entry requirements that you might need besides being over 21? So for lawyering, technology and innovation, all you need is a degree in Mm -hmm. something. It doesn't require any specific discipline. You don't need a background in computers. You don't even really need a background in law. Mm -hmm. You just have to have a degree in any discipline. Well, Abigail, we are so delighted to have had you here today and no better person for delivering these micro-credentials. So we're hoping that some learners out there will take up uh, these micro-credentials and meet you in person at some point in the future. Um, So thank you very much. Uh, That's the end of our podcast for today. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And if you would like to find out more information, please go to our Centre for Adult Learning and Professional Development website, and look up microcreds for more details on how to apply. Thanks to our team, David Stafford, Lonith McSherry and Gronya McGrath for their expertise on producing this podcast. Join us next time for another micro-credential. Microcredential.